Tegan was sure there must be something to like about Turlo, but she couldn't think what. It wasn't his age, it wasn't his looks, it wasn't anything that she could name. But as they walked down the TARDIS corridor, his presence behind her gave Tegan a creepy feeling between the shoulders. It was like stories she'd heard of travellers back home in the Australian bush. They'd get the same crawling sensation and look down to see a snake about to strike. Today's episode. If you were doing like the interior design for a plague ship, I'd just make it a bit more cheerful, you know, a couple of sunrises and maybe a Mickey Mouse or something. It's what she does is just sits in plain sight and covers her head like a child would do. However, they weren't toeless, so you were getting that nasty little seam thing that you get on a pair of tight toes. Ugh. Now we know, don't we? Now we know what it's all about. <laughs> this is Terminus where all the Lazars come to die. We're on a leper ship. Hello and welcome back to World Enough and Time, the classic Doctor Who podcast that unites Andy and Alex despite the world and all the time zones that divides them. Hello, I'm Andy. And I'm Alex. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's feeling very March-like, isn't it? So fucking Marchy. So damn Marchy. I felt like Julius Caesar was having shit happen to him or something like that. Yeah, around this time. I feel yes. very close to Julius at this point of the, of the year. <laughs> Always. Yes, only two weeks till my birthday. Just yes. saying. Don't worry, Listeners, it's all right. Send parcels. Send yes, presents. Send parcels you, of turds. And dead no, no. Don't send dead um, <laughs> So I must ask you, what have you been watching on TV? <gasps> Gosh, we launched right in there, didn't we? Gosh, we, we did, didn't care how we are, what we're doing, what we're up to. I'm in Hamilton. <laughs> thank you for asking. Having a lovely holiday. Oh yeah, holiday. you that. You're on holiday in Hamilton, NZ. I am. I am. I knew that was going. Inzid. Yes, I am, and it's fun. But no, no, don't worry, I'll get back to TV. Don't you panic, no, you siree. The... So, on the television, yes, I have been watching... Have I don't think I've been watching anything. You haven't watching anything since something. last time we no, that, does, that seems very unlikely, doesn't it? It does. Shall I start while you think? I'll start while you Please think. Please do. Please I've been do. watching the, yes. the Girl Before, which was on BBC over Christmas. So, so yes, okay. we were a bit late catching up with it in late February, early March. Yes, you were. <laughs> the Girl Before. And Tell me who's in The Girl Before. Um... Oh, now you're asking. Jessica Plummer and David Oyelowo, I don't know how you say his name. And there was another woman who was very good. Oh, I don't know her name. That's annoying. 
She's quite famous. So are you recommending? Oh, Gugu, Gugu Mbatha Raw, who used to be in Doctor Who. She played Martha's sister in Doctor Who. Oh, yes. And it, I am recommending it mostly. It's fairly slow for a modern drama. Oh. And it's basically about this... And that's something you're enjoying? It's basically... Well, I finished watching it. It's about an architect who lets out a house, but he only lets it out to the right people, and he's got all these rules, and before you get into... As a tenant, you have to complete this questionnaire... And the house is built, supposedly built around user experience. So they did this big bit at the start, which is all like the stuff I talk about, about how, you know, you've got to map people's behaviours and, and their use of spaces and their attitudes in order that they're fulfilled. But for their purpose, his purpose, it was to see whether they could use the house and stay in the house and whether it was a fit for him as an architect. So it relates back to what we were saying in Paradise Towers about architects not worrying. Yes, I was yes that. exactly. Worrying about yes. about people spoiling their vision. Um, so it's all about that. But then you discover that the people you meet in the first episode are tenants at different times, and and one of them is the girl before, and she dies. And it's all about how is she killed. Because of the house design? Because of the house. Is it the architect? Is it someone else? We don't know at this stage. Gosh. So it's it's quite good. It's quite good. Yeah. How long is it? It's four episodes of an hour long. Okay. I don't feel like I'm killing myself investing that amount of time. Okay, good. Yes. I like it. He only sets an affordable rent to people who live here the way he intended. No ornaments, no carpets or rugs, no pictures. What sort of people get accepted? Since I've been the agent, no one has. It seemed like a perfect fit. I'm flattered. That tenancy, it's pretty freaky, right? It's the price the tenant pays for living there. Do you know anything about the young woman who lived here before? Just remembered, I have been watching something amazing okay, on TV. Good. I'm very excited. I watched the whole two seasons, so I actually can't believe I just forgot about <laughs> it. Um, Frayed. Have you seen it? What is it called? Frayed. Frayed. F-R-A-Y-E-D. No. Um, and it's that um, Australian lass from Taskmaster. She wasn't very funny in Taskmaster. Ooh. You do watch it, don't you? I do watch Taskmaster, but I don't know whether I saw that one. So I think she was like two seasons ago. The same season as Lee Mack. Oh, I didn't watch that season. Oh, well, her. Sarah someone. Um, and yeah, it's it's a really kind of slightly offbeat. It's about this... Um, it's set in the 80s, the late 80s. And she's like this very kind of well-to-do woman in living in Kensington or something like that. And her husband dies with a prostitute doing something horrific. Um, and then she realises her whole life was a little bit of a, a sham and like she everything has to get sold and she returns to Australia where she's from originally. And so she moved she moved back with her kids to Newcastle, um, which is just like um outside of I Sydney know where it is, sweet nice. sweetie. That was one of the jobs that was cancelled for me was Newcastle. Oh, ah. Yeah. Um, well it's a a lot about it is how Newcastle's a bit of a shithole. Um oh. and kind of like quite a, not a great place to be and it's it's really it's kind of like dark comedy and whenever someone says dark comedy I'm always like oh I don't know if I'm happy in that like dark comedy to me is not great because generally I want to laugh yeah if I'm not laughing it's not comedy um but it's yeah to me the balance works 
beautifully and I, I really really enjoyed it but also so much character development really ended up loving lots of people in it not her the whole way through I think you're kind of supposed to hate her okay she's quite without kind of good qualities um but yeah really yeah brilliant and I'm excited for the next season which I think is coming out in another year or so what, what platforms yeah, loved it on? It. what's it on um oh well for me I just steal everything off soap today so Oh, I think it might be on Netflix. Okay. Oh, first season's on Netflix. Okay, cool. Um, but not second. Good to yes, know. No, very good. Good recommend. Yeah, you will like it. And um, original Sonia from um, Prison Sublock H is in it. Oh, Tina Bursell. A couple of other. Yes. Um, and the one from the later uh, Wentworth, the one who became governor quite late on. Oh, I haven't really seen that. I haven't seen one. the last two series of Wentworth. <sighs> Oh, okay. Yeah, she's in the last but one. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Right. Good to know. Thank you. I want you both to know that nothing is going to change. But Dad's dead. That has changed. I had everything in London. I had the kind of money that would make you sick. There's no money left. You are bankrupt. My children and I have nowhere to go. But what about your family? And then Australia? Hello, Mum. If you are going to stay with me, Samantha, I will not put up with your lying. Why did you call her Samantha? Because that's her real name. You are unbelievable. You went away for 20 years and left me alone. Do you ever tell the truth? You've lied about your name, where you grew up, even your Uncle Jim. All right, I will not lie. I swear this to you. You love Dad, didn't you? Oh. Yes. Good. There we go. Yes. So I am now really excited to find out what quiz you've prepared. Well, the thing is, I'm in another fucking house. I have not got a bookcase to turn around and pick up from. Uh, so did I, I, did I completely forget about that before I came on this call? You probably know that I'm very aware that you're on holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to just take a few sips of wine while I go and get the Doctor Who quiz book? I think that would be a great response to that little bit of information. Wine is coming. It's time for a quiz. Yay! Quiz time! Quiz time! Quiz time! Right. Yeah? So, would you like to choose a page number... From page 15 to 77. 70. 70. The Adventures of the Fourth Doctor 5. Nice. Good call. That wasn't bad, was it? No, I like it. So, the first... <clears throat> do you want the first ten questions or the second ten questions from that page? First ten, please. Why... Was the Scarrison so necessary to the Zygon's survival? Because they suckled from its breast. <laughs> I know, it's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> I think that might be correct. Dirty. They fed on its milk. Correct. Mm-hmm. How was the second crinoid destroyed? Oh, crinoid. Was that... A big explosion at the house? Yeah, but what caused it? 
things that explode. Explodiness. Yes, there were very specific things that you've forgotten about. <laughs> yes, that thing, that thing there. Perhaps the explosives were dropped by something. Helicopter? Not a helicopter. <laughs> Different sort Boxes. of air vehicle. vehicle. Planes. 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 It was an airstrike. There was, was an airstrike. There was an airstrike. I'm glad you knew that already. Yeah, Good. I knew that. I think I you might be on that. for the full ten here. Why was the Doctor mortally feared by the Sefer team and initially at least honoured by the Tesh? Because <gasps> he was like a god and he'd been there before and they'd seen his face and he'd done stuff and he was kind of almost their, like their creator and they'd kind of fucked up who the hell he was in their heads. It was weird. And practically, his face was also carved into the mountain as well, yes. That too. That too. Yes, him and his mountain, Mount Rushmore man yes what and where was the by al foundation i feel like you should know where the by al foundation is yeah <laughs> by al foundation yes hmm. sweetie am i am i shit not knowing this does that jump into your head immediately the no i have to really think it immediately makes me think i don't know it so much it's probably a leela story <laughs> It was my first thought. <laughs> and I was correct. And is that correct? Oh, it's a Leela story. Okay. By Al. No, it's not that one. Not that one. <laughs> I don't feel like I know enough Leela stories. By Al. No. Not a sausage. Okay, so it's the research hospital in the asteroid belt, which Leela takes the doctor to when he's infected by the virus in The Invisible Enemy. Oh, not a chance in hell. Oh, is that where the thingy bob lives? Where that dude lives? Yes, um, Professor Marius. Yes. Yes. Ah, gotcha. Why were the mineral samples found on Zeta Minor so important to Marestra? And why was it impossible for the Marestrans to take the samples back to their home planet? Zeta Minor. <laughs> I love Zeta how you don't minor. know. Even though we've actually done this story on the podcast. <laughs> is Zeta Minor... Is that the Planet of Evil one? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. So it was important because... Hmm. hmm. A restaurant. So Uncle Prent is a restaurant, is he? He is. Oh, good. So he really All day long. Stuff. <laughs> All day long. Um... It's like a fuel of some description. Mm. It's like a power thing. Mm. Would fuel be enough it's... to make it important? It's very vague, very I have to say. fuel. A vast new source of energy for Marestra. Fuel energy, that is fuel. Okay. And why couldn't they take it with them? Well, they, they kind of tried, but the planet wasn't having any of it. No, no siree. It wasn't. Stay here, yeah. young whippersnapper. Young I'll take that. Billy Milad, yes, yes. Good. So, what did the Naimon promise to the people of Skonos in return for providing him with hymetricite crystals? Is that how you say it? Hymetricite. I feel like I've said that wrong. I feel that's absolutely perfect. Okay. I feel like you could teach people how to say it. <laughs> Some offerings of people in yellow shirts. Was that it? No, it's what the nine one. What did nine one? The nine one promised to. Oh, the other way round. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. So, um, that we'll 
I won't ruin your planet. No, I will. I won't. What could, what could they offer? What could the Nymon offer? Well, what would you offer in, in it's not true? Platform boots. Platform boots. Well done. <laughs> That's it. I thought I knew you'd get there in the end. The answer is platform boots. Right, number seven. I'm just thinking about all the fans like, what? It can't be. It can't be. <laughs> all the fans. There's one person in the corner going, yeah, fuck it. No, I know, exactly. All of the fans who listen. Hello. All of the fans. Hello, you. Hello, fan. Hello, fan. <laughs> are you gardening? What are you doing? <laughs> Tell us. Share your world with us. Um, oh, yeah. I'd really like so to So the answer was the establishment of the Second Sconan Empire. Oh, yeah. See? Uh-huh. Suitably vague. But in that Second Empire... There will be a lot of platform boots. I think that's so possibly really, unsaid, but really, no. the offering was platform boots more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Seven. Why did the Doctor decide to go to Logopolis? Because those Logopolitans, they can compute shit yeah. like no tomorrow. So they could repair something, they could... couldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Boy, they could. What could they repair? They could repair. The things that need repairing. Yes. The what thing always needs repairing in Doctor Who and is never repaired? TARDIS. TARDIS. Specifically. The, the chameleon circuit. Yay. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. We so knew that. Who was the leader of the Outlers on Alzarius? Ooh. Ooh. It was it. Ooh, there was a chap. I liked him. He was he was a bit fierce. He had a girlfriend. You always imagine those naughty people who were a bit rough. They always have a girlfriend with them as well because they're like, oh, you're really good. You are. I'm impressed with you. I don't know. Was it Adric's brother? It or was. Something like it was that? Adric's brother. And the, I don't and know. the actor, weirdly, used to be married to Kate O'Mara as well. Wow. That's big news. Yeah, even though he was really quite young. Quite weird. Yes. Yes. Awfully so. Gosh. He was called Varsh. Good. Yeah, him. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. This is this this feels like an answer, a question where they're saying, show you're working. <laughs> Candidate, are you ready to show you're working? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Distinguish between the following. <laughs> I need to tell the listeners... That Alex has now got her hand clutched to her forehead. She looks very intense. <laughs> it's exam conditions here in the podcast. There are rows of desks. She's at one of them. She looks very alone in this moment. Rosé in one hand, however. That's yes. the exam conditions I like. Yes, interesting exam conditions. Distinguish between the following. The Fendal, the Fendal core, and the Fendaline. Oh my fucking Christ. <laughs> Show you're working. And this question's worth 15 points. <laughs> Five points for each. <laughs> and you get more points if you draw each of them as well. Oh, okay. Um... Right. Um... I should play the gallery music again for you drawing. There's some pretty special drawings. 
Dun 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 like the the skull thing yeah. that did something at some point. I've got a fenderline. I know that's a fenderline. What's that one? He knows his stuff. That's the snaky weird thing. Right. Isn't it? Okay. No. Um and there's Wonder Ventham in gold. So which one's She's wh- part of it. Which one is she? She is Fendal. Fendal Core. Yes! <laughs> oh no! Well, Fendal Core! Fendal Core! Yeah, she's the Fendal Core, you fucker! Fendal is something else, a Fendaline! You can throw salt at it. Right. You can throw salt at all of it if you want to. Mm. And I want to. I'll give you. <laughs> I love how you're really nervous about the points you're about to give me. I'm really I'm not, sorry I was just, not I'm just saying. I'm shit you know. I'll give you like three out of fifteen. Oh my god! Like you know how to crush a gal's dreams, don't you? I do. That's what I'm known for. Right, Dream I love a full crusher, of it. Andy. So the Fendal I feel like I'd be really is the sort of gest- yeah, 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 yeah. The Fendal is the Gestalt creature. <laughs> she just for the listeners, she just swore at me <laughs> with two fingers. <laughs> two, two. And it's comprised of 12 Fendaline. They are the large snake-like creatures against which salt is the only defence. Actually, no, you got that right. That was a Fendaline then. I know. Uh, I knew that. Oh, I'm talking shit then. The Fendal core is the medium through which the Fendal manifests itself. Um, yeah. But I thought the little Fendal... You know, there's one point where you see the little Fendaline, the tiny little ones? There's tiny little ones. I thought they were the Fendaline, so I'm wrong. Well, little... They just said that's the little Fendaline. You can't call them little Fendaline and then say they're not little. So, but they're, but they're little snaky things. Yeah, the snake things that go around the house are the Fendaline. I'm doing the movement yes. of them going around the house. But there's also tiny little ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little baby ones. Yeah, the little baby, baby, baby ones. I think they're called Fendalilililines. I don't know. Leany, leany, lean. <laughs> nice. Anyway, okay. you got... No, if I was asked that a question again, I'd know it. Like, I've, I've learned that now. The revision is complete. Next time, I'll get that right. I think you so got about you. 10 points, actually. I think I was a harsh. Who was the... T- question 10, the final question. Oh, fuck. Have we not finished? Who was the commander of the Space Arc Nerva when the Doctor, Sarah and Harry arrived there? And, af- <gasps> and after he was taken over by the Wirin, who replaced him as commander? Ooh. So, Noah. Mm. I don't know his original name. I know Noah was a joke because oh, they're little jokers, aren't they? They're little <laughs> wee jokey jokesters. Um, and then... Vara. <coughs> you wouldn't have let You wouldn't have let Rogan saw anything out, would you? No. But yes, Vara was amazing. We should definitely do Ark in Space. I love them. Have we I not done it? all of them. Ha- oh, maybe. <laughs> we should do it again. <laughs> No, we, we haven't. Done we it. haven't done it. No, I think we have. No, I don't think we Why have. Oh, I love it. Good. Good. Vira is the best. 
So, you got some questions right. Hooray! Yay! Winner! Okay. So, I've now, in preparation for this special 43rd episode, 43 episodes. Or is it 44, actually? I don't know anymore. Don't ask me. I don't know. Not a fucking clue. Still haven't updated the spreadsheet. Um... <laughs> <coughs> I have wheeled out the space-time visualiser so that we can listen to a song from yesteryear and watch it as well. Yeah, could we? Could we? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. What is this machine? I've already told you, my dear. It's a time and space visualiser. You mean a sort of time television? Yes, like that. Yes, that's exactly what this is. Shall I go first? So... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've chosen a song that um, I kind of like, but it kind of it's become a bit of a joke. It's actually very much like the Hey Sis, It's Christmas moment from a few episodes ago. That Back yeah. in Cambridge days, I used to put this on and the start of the track would terrify Marisa and John because they knew that the song was coming and I would hide the phone somewhere really high so this whole song played out and they couldn't get to it. <laughs> and Nice. I know. And it was, the highest it got in the charts was 16, only 16 in the charts. In February 83, during the episodes of Terminus, it was only really in the charts during Terminus. Um, So between, yeah, the 15th to the 23rd of February. So I couldn't believe it that it was one of the ones. And it is, it is by Hazy Fantasy. And it's called Shiny Shiny. Oh, golly, I have no idea what to expect now. (laughs) It's actually about nuclear war, but it sounds all bright and chirpy. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That was shiny, shiny. Well, I loved it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Good. Sweetie. Right. Well, you know how on target, on time, on brand I am all the time. I always, always. know what's coming. I actually have chosen something from 1983 because mm. I didn't want to fall down the trap of choosing another Kylie song, forgetting that I keep choosing <laughs> Kylie songs. It's all getting a bit much. So I'm going to choose an unpopular one. Because I don't think you're allowed to even say Michael Jackson anymore. But Billie Jean, it's classic. Who doesn't want to hear that? I do. I love it. I love her. I, I love, love that. Her. I do. I know I do. I love that. <laughs> we are now being generic extra in Doctor Who 
from anywhere. <laughs> could be the north, could be the exactly. south. Could be the yeah. past. Anywhere. Actually, it could be another planet. I love that. I love that. I, do, I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. So mm-hmm. Billie Jean, that was actually number two in the charts when um, when Terminus was on. Oh my god! Oh my god, I was so good. Without you were. Do you know what was number one though? Do you know what was number one? It was so funny because I actually wrote down what was number one. Well, the group who were number one, I actually wrote them down as part of my notes, not knowing that they were actually anywhere near this time. Who was it? Who was it? Catch a goo goo. Oh. I don't think I'd know a Kajagoogoo song if it hit me, though. Too shy, shy, hush, hush. How do I? Okay, I do know it. I know you do, sweetie. That was number one during Terminus. Right, I'm adding that to the Hamilton list of songs to listen to. Sorry. Uh, You really are. Kajagoogoo. And also, what was the other one? Shiny. Shiny, shiny. (laughs) Yeah, you won't believe it. I think you'll quite like Shiny, shiny. I think I'll love it. Right. This is this holiday has just taken a turn for the better, I think. Good. I think it has. <laughs> so, I don't know what I'm going to do. Do no. I serve an eviction order? What do I do about this person who will not leave my house? I think we need to petition someone else. That's what I think we need to do. Can we... <laughs> please, an other anyway. person, please. Give us some kind of a, a nod and then we won't have to keep bothering Louise again. <laughs> well, she's, she's bothering us. She's still here. <laughs> I've put down a blanket for her in the sunroom so she's lying there every night with Toby. I think she's quite comfortable. That's nice. Okay, Lou, go on, promote us if you must. <laughs> You're listening to World Enough and Time, a classic Doctor Who podcast. Thank you, Louise Jameson. Legend of the acting universe. Still not a dame in the New Year's Honours or even anything else. Wow. She should be at least an OBE. She ought. At least. Has she not not renounced it or something? No, No, she wouldn't renounce it. She'd be on it like a car bonnet. (laughs) (laughs) She'd be licking the Queen up the face. (laughs) She'd be like, thank you, Mum! (laughs) Rude. <laughs> I think she'd be the first to say that as well. Nice. Yeah. I like when people. I actually sent her a tweet once about something else, and I said, 
And wh- I think I said something like, and why aren't you a dame yet? And she said, hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be nominated. That's the thing. You have to be oh. nominated for it to happen. Maybe that's the problem. You need to nominate her. I think my nomination would come very strong and very right. sort of like, but they'd be interested in my view. Oh, that's what Andy Priestner said. Oh. <laughs> yes, I know. Exactly. There she'd be in. She'd be there. She'd be in there like swimwear. <laughs> I'm loving all of these. It's just beautiful. <laughs> Uh, right. I think we've arrived. <laughs> the, the terminus? What's happening? I don't know. Oh, no. What? It wasn't the pilot's decision. The computers just started an automatic sequence to jettison the unstable fuel. If we don't do something quickly, the whole universe will be destroyed. So, gosh, Terminus, as I live and breathe. Now, I think the first story that must be told must be told by you, and you know what that story is. Thank you, Boy, do I. So, one day, my brother was far, far away in Exeter, and it made me want to cry. Hmm. I was in Stafford, and I was... I was doing a day of nicking, let's be honest. <laughs> it was a day of general thievery. <laughs> I was with my friend Sophie, I'd say, and and Becky. I think it was Sophie and Becky. That's unlikely, but I think it was. Um, and, yeah, I'd stolen all the makeup I was going to steal that day. I had quite a hoard. <laughs> really, it was impressive. Um, and I knew it was... Um, for the record, can I? Up. For the record, can I just check? Was it Sophie Millington and Becky Cornby? <laughs> it was Becky Cornby and it was Sophie Cook, not Sophie. Oh, Millington. Never just... the twain shall meet with those two. You're so close. Um, and I'm amazed I, I dredged those out of my head. Anyway, yeah, it's very <laughs> impressive. Sophie Cook is now Sophie Rock and is married to some conservative um, kind of sideline wannabe who hangs around. Like oh, no. Tory backbenchers and just. Oh, do you just just think we think. can get them by his, his wife's involvement in nicking back in the day? Do you think we can get a Tory? <laughs> I think we ought. <laughs> she, was anyway. a, she was a bad one. She was. Anyway, so I had already, um, for your birthday, I'd already stolen you a copy of Winnie the Pooh from W.H. Smith. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, I thought, really, we've got to push the boat out. Um, what he would really like would be a Doctor Who that he doesn't currently have. Um, there's fact. only one shop that has the videos inside the video <gasps> cases because there's a lot of them that are tuned in. Can I can I take a guess? Monarchy. Can I take a guess? Mm-hmm. I have a yeah. feeling it was Nick from Boots. Yes, <laughs> it was. Boots. Yeah, the Boots in Stafford was massive, and the upstairs used to have refurbished um, stereos. And to be honest, I do feel vindicated because they sold <laughs> Mum a refurbished stereo that died within about two weeks, and she never took it back. So really, I was just getting what was due. Um, but yeah, I managed. I had very wide sleeves, um, and I just slipped it in there. Um, but I must admit, the adrenaline when I was because I had to go down the steps from the upstairs in Boots, and then all the way out the shop 
while knowing I had a very large object up my sleeves and there were people that had been watching me all day anyway. So I, I fair ran from that shop and I really, the adrenaline had, had got me. But yeah, I was there. I stole it and I remember sending you a little package that had Terminus and Winnie the Pooh and something yeah. else. I can't remember what the yeah. something else was. And... Um, and I thought, this will be a birthday that he will not be expecting. Like, he will not be thinking. Yeah. Because I would usually get you shit. I'd, you know, get you something from the, you know, the dairy. Well, no, you don't even call it a dairy. News agent, sweetie. News um, agents. Yeah, so I wouldn't usually get you anything of value. So, yeah, it was, it was going to impress you. And I think it did. Can you tell me the feeling when you opened it? I was just really shocked. I was like, but how is this possible? And I remember talking to you at some point soon after in which you told me you'd nicked it. And I was horrified, but also kind of proud. <laughs> you ought to be. I was very proud because I made you smile. Yeah. And now the listener's thinking, how does this story continue? Did you stop? Did you carry on nicking? Were you, were you ever caught nicking? So I only ever stole um, to either to make mum, to, to make people happy in terms of gifts or to try to get mum to notice that I existed. Um, yeah, that would be a thing. So uh, I remember, I remember stealing the um, the Wimbledon Radio Times because remember the the Radio Times for Wimbledon was always like a bumper edition with lots of nice shiny bits on it. Yeah. So I stole that at one point because she couldn't. Um, she said she couldn't afford it, and I was like, "Look, I stole this, mum." She goes, "Oh, that's nice, love." <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the same reaction these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, I think it probably just took probably about a year or so for me to realise that there was nothing I was going to do that was going to turn turn mum mum's head towards me. So I just thought, oh, I'll not bother anymore then. Like it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah. worth it. Yes, so yeah. I wouldn't say that was a successful story, <laughs> but I haven't lost the the thing inside me that says, if it's a corporate, it's fair game. Like to me, I still believe corporate is completely fair game for nicking if i can get away with it i'll do it i would never ever nick at a local shop never ever would yeah. like that's absolutely against the code but i the only reason i don't do stuff like that now is because i'd probably get caught i'd be shit at it but yeah <laughs> no I, I i really don't have any um i don't have any embarrassment or regret about that kind of thing and do, do you just, remember yeah. the cover do you remember the cover of the terminus video you i stole? remember it was very blue very blue, blue. hugely yeah. blue yeah yes yeah and, and this is in, that i don't think they know how to illustrate sense. terminus i mean i've already no. sent you by whatsapp was the um the very peach terminus cover for the the novelization yes. the looks, very it just odd. does not tell you anything about it no and and the um, even the current DVD cover is pretty dull and depressing. It doesn't give you what you need. No, um, no, it doesn't. The, uh, it's none of them do anything really. Like, but look at look at this. This this is about to be redressed by Doctor Who: The Complete History. Ah, uh, oh, that's everything that you need. Isn't it good? Who did that? That's beautiful. Um, I need to find out who that was. Someone did that. Well, please post it when you post this online. Very nice. Um, Art. Is it Paul Vise? I think it might be. No, cover and story montages. Lee Johnson. Oh, I think we mentioned him before because I think he was in the Monster Book as well. Anyway. Well, we think he's impressive. That was good stuff. Was. So, 
We've established that you nicked the story for me on VHS. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's your first memories of Terminus? Okay, so what, can I, ha- I? I would like to give you early, middling, and recent okay. <laughs> views of them if I can. So I think when I first watched it, I was a little bit disappointed. I think the hype of the excitement of stealing it. Um, probably kind of meant I was expecting something huge. Mm. Um, And so I possibly, when I watched it, I wanted, I think I watched it with you. I think I came down to Exeter and you waited and watched it with me or something. Um, And I really wanted it to be the best because I felt like I had, I had made this. (laughs) I was part of the production team because I sent it to you. (laughs) Effectively. (laughs) And so so I really had such high hopes for it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, and then, yes, and so a little bit disappointed. And then, I don't know, about 10 years after, I watched it again and thought, this is fucking brilliant. Fucking love this. Nissa is amazing. Um, and then current day, I think, again, I had overrated in the past. <laughs> and then I was like, hmm, it was quite good. But <laughs> perhaps <laughs> my 10-year post-review was a little bit high. But there you go. So, yes, it's, it's, it's gone up and down in various times. And maybe the next time I watch it, it'll be fucking amazing again. You never know. We go on these journeys with Doctor Who stories, don't we? Yeah. As, as fans, where we kind of have moments where we think, that's amazing, we, or we think it's bad, and then we go back and we, we have this reappraisal. I think I was, I was more on the down again this time. Yeah. I remember watching it not that long ago, or maybe four or five years ago, and thinking it was better than I thought. Mm. And it, now I thought it was a little bit worse than I thought. Mm. But I think that's also, don't you think, because now when we're doing this podcast, that we are more, we're more critical as yeah. we are watching it. It's about so finding fault a lot of the time, which is a shame. Yeah. Yeah. But we do, I do think we do manage to praise a lot as well. We do praise... Well, you praise but. too highly when you fucking think about Terror of the Autos. <laughs> so, yeah. I only gave it a six, for God's yeah. sake. Six? Too many. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as ever, we've just invited onto the sofa our synopsis expert, who mm. is now ready with a new glass of rosé. Yep. And she sat there and she's ready to tell us the story of Terminus. So damn ready. Okay, so we meet Turlo. He's being shifty. I always think he's being shifty, even once he's past his Black Guardian thing, but this time he's proper shifty. Tegan, oh my God, she looks fucking stunning. She just kind of, just kind of glides onto the screen with just utter beauty around her. We'll go into that in greater detail, much greater detail, let's be honest. Anyway, Nissa's doing some enzymes. She's enzyming, and wow, she's good at that. Um, the Turlo does something. Someone does something. Turlo does something. Opens a door in her room. That's different. We haven't had that before. People usually go out the front door. Not Nissa. She goes out the side door with a bit of a funny face on it. She does that. She runs like a goddess. Very impressive. We end up on Terminus. What we find out is there's some plague people on this ship. No, we don't end up on Terminus yet. Not quite yet. We're on a ship to Terminus. Don't panic. Um, There's some plague people on this ship being transported to Terminus. 
There's also some looting types. We'll call them raiders. Shall we call them raiders? I'm calling them raiders. Um, I call them space pirates. Oh, would you? Would you? I would. You but could. they did say raider, didn't they? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with raider. Anyway, they're there. We've got some Lazar people. Um, and then we end up on Terminus. We've got people with the best fucking armour you can imagine. If you want to give someone armour that makes your soul scream with fear, you go to Terminus. That shit's good. Anyway, there's some people there that are running the whole shebang. They get the plague people off the ship, onto Terminus. Apparently there's a cure there. They're not too sure. Do we cure people? I don't know, we might. Do we? Well, probably not. Don't know. Anyway, no one's too sure. You might get cured, you might not. Nissa, ooh, got a bit of a cough. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> her face is not looking good. Yeah, she's she whipped her pants off, but we'll again get into that in greater detail. She ends up with the Lazars. I love the Lazars. I love the name. Oh, what? Who are you on, Lazar? <laughs> I want to know whether there was any. I want to know whether there was any Lazar Lazars. <laughs> Lazars. I think Bad Bleach Lady was a Lazar Lazar. Anyway, um, the Garm. Oh, the Garm. They just. They basically just walk around, just saying, "I just want to hug you. Can I pick you up? I just like to hug oh, you." No, I loved oh. his little legs. The way he walks so carefully. So little legs. So dinky. Oh, oh. Yeah, adorable (laughs) creature. So, the only reason the people with the scary armour are doing their shit is because the company pays them with green goo that stops them from dying. Good deal. You don't want to die. The Lazarazas get transported by the Garn into a scary place to somewhere that might fix them, might not. We haven't really perfected it, we don't care, we're just trying to make money. Anyway, Lisa Goddard happens. Brilliant. Lisa Goddard and Lionel Blair. Blair. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that the whole way through. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. John John said John said who's that? He came in for one moment, he said, Who's that? And Marisa went, Lisa Goddard <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, What? What did you just say? <laughs> oh, honestly, absolutely yeah. <laughs> Best time in daytime TV, that was. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, um, love her. She does her stuff. Um, but she's, as you say, space piratey. But really, she just turns out to be the best companion that episode. Turlo and Tegan get stuck in a fucking grate for about two episodes. That shit was amazing. Um, and to be honest, Nissa doesn't do as much as you'd hope. But anyway, Garm picks her up, pops her in a thing, gets her cured. Brilliant. Same time, the Doctor is realising that the reason that Terminus is in the middle of all the maps and does all the... is like, basically, shit happened there. It was the start of the Universal Big Bang, not just the Big Bang that created the Earth. The, 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 the Big Bang. I didn't know there was a bigger Big Bang, but it was the biggest bang. And that was what created the universe, centre of everything. But that was the first one. Move time a bit and things happen there's going to be another one be careful Turlo is going to fuck shit up again Um, (laughs) and so he tries he doesn't succeed Nissa says I'm stopping here you do pointless shit in the TARDIS I'm going to do something good with you Um, (laughs) I think we're I think we're done goodbye (laughs) 
Thank you to our synopsis expert. She's still on the sofa with me sipping rosé. Yeah. Excellent. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. I liked it. Good. So, I think we're going to break all the rules and we're going to start with Dressed for Success. (gasps) This is the whole fucking episode, let's be honest. There's nothing else that we need to go to here. Yep, good. (laughs) I'm happy. I'm going to get Good, okay. I'm going to start with Olvia, just because of Kajagoogoo, because I think his hair reminds me of the blonde one from Kajagoogoo who had the horrible sort of rat's tail and had big, Clearly I, hair. I'm not with you. I barely know who Kajagoogoo are, but yes, I think you could be right. <laughs> well, when you watch a video, a video later, a video yeah. of Kajagoogoo, too shy, you'll see this man and you'll say, oh, it's Olvia, but blonde. Okay. So, I, But he's I'm, got a lovely touch of that blue eyeshadow at the sides as well. But don't you feel that whoever designed his boots or the cameraman between them, they decided that there was a lot of shots needed of the boots. They kept showing yes. them over it. I felt like someone had a bit of the hots for him. I think the cameraman was like, I fucking love you and your boots. And every time they could see him, they were like, I'll just get a quick shot. But did you notice straight. that? Did you notice he got better boots than Lisa Goddard? His went high over the knee and hers were more to the knee, but his went over the knee. That's not fair. They were more piratical. They were more Adam and the Ants, his. And and he didn't even wear them all the way through. He ended up wearing no. a pair of gold sandals halfway through. That was not fair. <laughs> oh, oh, they were nasty. And that big, what about the big clunky butterfly belt? Oh, he suited that. <laughs> he, he knows how to rock a butterfly belt. Yeah, no, he looked, he was special. Yeah, no, both of them, space pirates, they were the most space piratey you could ever look. They were like... We're clean, we're fresh, we're here to kill. Oh, the hair was brilliant. The headbands. They were, honestly, they were stunning. Like, they were they so were disco like, space pirates. They oh, were ready. They were brilliant. Oh, but I, I'd be scared. Like, they were quaffed. 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 Do you know what I'd also say? Is that they, they were gun totting. <laughs> <laughs> I need to explain. I don't know whether we explained on the podcast before. Have we explained about gun totting? Just that you used to get words wrong a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And I always used to think it was gun totting, but it's gun toting. Yes, correct. But they they toted their guns more than many of the muckle makes a muckle, didn't they? They were very totery. But I like that. They were like, no, we'll fucking shoot you bastards. Even if we haven't got a power pack, we'll fucking shoot you. Yeah, that's good. Right, what about tags? Oh. I know she's been wearing this costume for a while by now, but oh, still. Oh, honestly, I... For, not for me, she hadn't. Not for me. So just give me okay. that it was just... As soon as she walks out, I'm just... Honestly, she's like a goddess. Her little pixie haircut, her very natural makeup that just accentuates <laughs> her gorgeous face. Are you serious about her natural makeup? Oh, Yeah. Oh, that was that really was the, lovely. That was no, that was the full beat. That was that was so much makeup. It was incredible. I wrote down how much natural. makeup. Is, I wrote Tegan is wearing so much makeup. Really? But she needed it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but no, but like that's that's the level she needs to look beautiful. Like they pulled out her cheeks, special. Yeah, there was so much work. blusher. Uh, but it was it was it worked for her, and oh. 
the heels. Like I'm, I'm usually against a toe and I must admit I did, I made my notes and then I, I later went back and I scribbled a few things out because the shoes were perfect. I hadn't realised at that point that she was not wearing toeless tights. So she had toes visible through the shoes. However, they weren't toeless. So you were getting that nasty little seam thing that you get on a pair of tight toes. Oh, <laughs> that was that was something that was unacceptable. But I don't know if toeless tights even existed in 1983. So that's why I'm going to forgive her. I have but, questions about the ducting and about if she was in tights, how she walked along on her knees without them getting knacked. Oh, yeah. I was worried about that. I no was snag tights. Fine, fine, absolutely fine. Really? Not fine, not fine at all. <laughs> 97 <laughs> pairs of tights later. <laughs> I've worn tights once as a very young yeoman of the guard. Oh, yes. And I don't recall the issues. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall the issues. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> So, yes. I also almost went to a Christmas party at um, the business school. It was a sexy Robin Hood. And I had tights for that as well. You know, there was that phase where you could just wear sexy versions of something. So I was sexy Robin Hood. <laughs> what made it sexy? Were you wearing a bustier? <laughs> no, it was just, it was quite quite racy. It was quite, quite racy. <laughs> when you say nearly, why did you end up not going? Oh, because... Because it was basically like there was five of us who were kind of all kind of like department heads. And we kind of like, well... People have been grumpy about it not being fancy dressed. So why don't we just all go as fa- in fancy dress, just us? And we'll rock the, f- the fancy dress. And then we all sort of phoned around and said, I don't no, want we'll to. Look like, <laughs> we'll look like idiots. Do you need a t-shirt? Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> so I've never, ever worn sexy Robin Hood. I've still oh, got it. I feel, oh, my God. Have you really? Oh, I've still God, got you've it. You've let us all down. Oh, please, God, give us sexy Robin Hood on the fucking promos <laughs> of this. If you don't, that is a real letdown. Oh, my goodness. I bet you can still fit it as well. God, if I tried to fit something from... What do you mean, rude? I bet you can still fit it. I hope so. <laughs> well, I couldn't. Anything from that age. Like, Christ, I've about doubled in size. No, this, is, this is only about six years ago. Oh, OK. I was thinking it was back in um, the side, but Not no. Saeed. Um, no, uh, this is Kennington. Judge. OK. Or Alley. About six years ago. OK. Good. Um, anyway, so we'll yeah, see we've what, not finished yeah. the people. There's so many more people. No, we have not. Tell me Nissa more. and her beautiful high-top boots and her shift top and her blue shorts to match. I was loving, really that loving. Was a, it wasn't shorts, it was wraparound skirt. Oh, sorry, sir. Um, but it looked like shorts. Anyway, looked stunning. And it just, yes. it was a nice change from velour. Um, I just thought, oh, she's not so hot. She's not, it's not chafing. She's happy. And they really kind of tousled her hair. And she just ran. I loved her when she ran. When she ran, she looked stunning. So when she was down to full lingerie or a petticoat, or whatever it was, when she mm-hmm. was sat after she'd been cured, there was a moment where we saw what she ate for breakfast almost. <laughs> <laughs> Your face when you said that. <laughs> what did you eat for breakfast? <laughs> yeah. Dirty. <laughs> I, I was like, I think. T- I remember not uh, like at the time I was quite disgusted when the skirt came off and all that. But she, I, I thought like it was. I've got that feeling, you know, when when you get really when you feel sick. You just have to take your skirt off. Yeah, when you've got the flu 
Like, okay, I'll tell you, I used to have a period dress. And every time it was my period, I used to put on this horrific purple dress because it just didn't stick on your belly. It didn't pull. It was just really relaxing and really easy. And there was no, there was no elastic there to make you feel uncomfortable. So honestly, well, I get that. Can I tell you something? In the original script, there was a line as she took her skirt off saying, my stomach feels so distended. Uh, and she took it off. But but it was removed from the script. She did say, I feel like I'm about to burst or something like that. Right. Before or after. Yeah. So it did, to me, it made sense this time. In the past, it's just like, oh my God, she's taking her clothes off. And like you just don't hear anything. Yeah. But this time, I was like, actually, that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. When you're feeling sick, you're not thinking, oh, I want to look perfect. You're thinking, I just want the pain to stop. And anything that could help with this, I'm going to go with. So, yeah, I felt like it was appropriate this time. Nice. And I like the fact the fact that her hair was allowed to just tousle a bit longer. Because it was always quite a tight curl, wasn't oh, it? It was. Earlier. She really... The relaxed curl did her well. I was very happy. But I must admit, do you know anything about her eating habits? Do you know if she's ever had um, an eating disorder of any kind? I don't. No. She's got anorexic teeth. Oh. Yeah, the teeth... When you're anorexic, when you vomit, it just takes the, um, the coating off your teeth. Um, and they kind oh. of become kind of more peg-like and they generally kind of separate a bit. So she just has the teeth of someone who might have had an eating disorder. But I'm just casting aspersions. She may not have done. She may <laughs> just know. have very separate We just teeth. don't know. <laughs> so um, moving on, can we move on to Turlo? I know you don't want to move on no, to Turlo. No, <laughs> I've got nothing to say. You carry on. I just find it really confusing that he's so anti where he's come from, the previous yes. story of the school, Brendan's school, and he's... And yet he's still wearing the schoolboy outfit. It's yes. such a weird thing to do. He has a go about Adric having like his, oh, he's such a little kid and all that kind of thing. And like, just fucking change your clothes completely. Yes, I do agree. Please wear anything else. Yeah. Actually, no, don't don't wear blue pods and a pair of, <laughs> pair of shorts <laughs> that you really shouldn't be wearing <laughs> with yellow, with lemon yellow socks. Perhaps the anything else but that. Because <laughs> he carried on wearing the school outfit all through the next series as well, didn't he? All the way through. Like Warriors of the Deep and everything he was still Insane. wearing. It's so weird. Yeah. That whole thing, like, the like really, with all of the companions, they were just like, we're going to get you one outfit and it's going gonna, it's gonna to last you. Like, that really was the thing. Like, obviously with Tegan, she had, she had three, didn't she? She had basically Air Hostess Forever, she had shorts and jacket outfit, and she had cool little rock star shift dress. Like, that was it. That And so there was really their thing that you, they must be identifiable. Yeah. Was that the reason? I don't know. I think so. But Bizarre. It, it, in terms of merchandising, it never really did anything. So that doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, I know. It's not like they were really trying to sell the merch over it. Like, it wasn't like a big time for merch, was it? Like, no. now, they just, like... That would have actually made sense, but at the time it was just like, yeah, you might find a doll here, there, whatever, but it really, it certainly wouldn't matter if they were wearing the right outfit. I was listening to Toby Hadoki's podcast, or Haydoke, I always say Hadoki, Toby Haydoke. I say Hadoki, so uh, yeah, you're right. Toby Haydoke's podcast, um, and one of the episodes he was talking about how he had kind of almost a shrine to Doctor Who in his bedroom, and in the centrepiece was the Doctor Tegan and Turlow. That picture that used to be my picture in the centre as well. Oh. From the promo from the Five Doctors, or, or from for season 21 anyway, where she was in the classic long dress. And, oh, it was just, oh, well, you know, the, the dress, dress, 
the dress. Rock star shift dress. Yes. Yes. And there's that, and there's dry yes, ice no, around it, cool. and it was gorgeous. I love that poster. Oh. Should so... I be listening to Toby Haydock or not? Yes. It, or you... does it get too involved? I think his um, there's too much information, which is the one which is about every single episode of Doctor Who from the start in order, everything about how people were cast and money and everything. Yeah, I think that might be a struggle for me. Is there anything that's there's a little a bit less intense? There's a commentary podcast, which is where he just talks about the episodes um as they're on, which I have on quite often, and then there's the other one, which is is um, things that occur to him about Doctor Who that's kind of like a twist. And I can't remember what he calls those ones, but they're the best ones. Actually, no, they're not yeah, the best no, ones. I do like the production ones as well because I'm very sad. But that's you. But yes, yeah. but the yeah, other ones you'd it. like. I can't remember what they're called. Okay, cool. Editor's note. What I was trying to remember was Toby's podcast, Indefinable Magic. Anyway, back yeah, to Dress for Success. Um, yeah, no, there's still so much know, more to talk about. I know, that's sweet. Let's be honest. So we've got to talk about Lisa the, Goddard. the Vanny. Oh, Lisa Goddard, tell me. I just love her. <laughs> I just love her. She just looks amazing in everything. Like I'm just thinking at that to how let tell me how old was Lisa Goddard in nineteen eighty three. I feel Goddard. like she was Don't know. A little blur. <laughs> You'll be terrific. We're watching you. Give us a clue. Give us a clue. Give us a clue. And on my team today, I have Sue Pollard, June Whitfield. Okay. Um, she okay. had already been married to um, Colin Baker at this point. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. yeah, no, she just, she looked stunning. She looked way better than Olvir. She just, she was she was in charge. She was the fucking best. Loved her. And a freaking hairband. hair, yes. Yes. Um, but, okay, now we can move on to your people. Your, um... The Vanier, yes. What did you think of the um, armour? I thought it was really cool. It's so different. I liked and... it. I just, I, I love the fact that all of them were like, right, we've paid for your armour, got to bring your own shoes. <laughs> <It's very laughs> so some of them could afford full toe covered shoes. Some of them, they were just bringing like open toed sandals and spraying them bronze. <laughs> I was like, oh, you poor thing. It was just a brilliant mix. And honestly, when um, when Olvia had to change and he was like in half, the top of him were, <laughs> top of him was pirate. Bottom half was like bronze soft <laughs> with open toed bronze sandals. I was struggling a little with his potato cape. I love the little <laughs> potato set capes and the little potato haircut at the top. <laughs> it was <just> brilliant. Potato <laughs> cape. Yeah. Yeah. No. So yes, I, I agree. I love the jotting out. Ooh. Like the fact that the chins jutted out on yes. the armor faces, like that, it just looked kind of like stupid. Not stupid people. Not what's the word? When when people are supposed to be a little bit special, often the jut the chin juts out that little bit oh, more. Okay. It kind of indicates yeah. their kind of I don't know, like level of intellect almost. And um, yeah, the fact that everyone's chin was jutting out so much because of the shape of the armor face, I just thought that was really good. Like it just kind of looked a little bit off looked a little bit funny and it made you feel a bit scared like I was terrified of everyone in that armour 
I thought they did a really good job with that. So there's one set of that armour, as well as the the garm at the classic Museum of Classic ah. Sci-Fi. So, yeah. I knew, I knew the garm was there, but I didn't know the armour was there. But yeah, we should no, talk, I'd like we to should talk about the garm, shouldn't we? You should um, talk about the garm. I like the idea that someone was just sat there thinking, what we need to do is get lots of fabric and cut lots of triangles out. Triangles. You can't have enough triangles. Just you cut can't. lots of triangles out and stick them. Stick yeah. them. Pop them all you over. Can, you, you can imagine <laughs> someone and their kid would just sat there all night. Is that enough? No, just keep going, love. Just keep going. Yeah, <laughs> adorable. But the writer was saying that he never expected the garment to be seen in all of its glory in such specific detail under the studio lights. It was always meant to be more of an ethereal ghostly sort of thing oh and it was a bit sense. too well, well lit and just the fact that you see it walking in those big boots <laughs> so he lumbered in such a lovely way well like every time he came in like i was trying to write sensible things but i just i just felt like he walked in the room saying i'd love to give you a big hug can i hug you can i <laughs> like that was just the way he he put himself across he was adorable the one point when he brought them the wounded guy in and he was carrying this character in a really nurturing way. And Nissa saw the garment for the first time and she screamed. But it was obvious that he was carrying was this character nice. in a nurturing way. And it was lovely yeah. and wasn't threatening. No. She likes a good scream, though, doesn't she? So I was like, can I scream? Yeah, I'll scream. Let's give it a crack. I'll think okay. about it later. I'll scream now. Are we done on costumes? costumes? Okay, let's think about it. So, oh, no, we've got a little bit more to talk about. I don't know if it's costumes. I'm just would like to talk about that moment when you think, I'm going to dye my hair blonde. I am going to do it. It's going to suit me. I'm going to look amazing if I dye my hair blonde. And you strip all the colour out of your hair, but you don't look blonde. You've just got this kind of orangey-whitey mop of mess. And that's the <laughs> moment that the the um, Leza Laza had. And I felt awful for her. <laughs> I was just like, I'm so sorry. I feel your pain. Like, you wanted to be blonde. It could have looked good. Like, if you'd have gone to the proper shop, it would have looked nice. But you just did it the at home. Shop. And, uh, he went to the bathroom and it, it, it's not good. And, and I feel your pain. I've, I've been there myself many times before. And you just need some purple shampoo. We'll fix it all up. It'll and take some it, of the brassiness What's even worse is they ended up having to put lots of scabs on her face as well it's like this is her big tv debut and she has terrible hair and scabs on her cheeks yeah yeah Poor but dear. I, I felt like at least the scabs on her face were clearly not her own the hair was a choice <laughs> <laughs> she did that i don't feel like they dyed it just for that she'd done that she wanted to be blonde and oh no she shouldn't she shouldn't have done it um yeah there we go so that so, that is dressed for success are we done on that yeah, yes. it was pretty special. It was it was big right. and I liked it. Yes. So we're going back to the start. I thought that when um, Turlo was obviously talking to someone and Tegan just turned the corner and he said, I was singing. Just like, the whole thing was just like, he's like, he, before that, he's like, he's all nervous and panicky. He's like, oh, they don't trust me. And oh, I feel really uncomfortable. And it's just, okay, well, when you hear someone around the corner, that's your cue to shut the fuck up. But he carries on every time. And you're like, if you really want to fit in and not seem like a twat and not be hated by everyone, just be a little bit better and be less fucking shifty. He, yeah, he doesn't do well. Do only as I say. Tarlo! Quickly, close the round wall. Now what do I do? Go to the console room. And? 
Where have you gone? Who were you talking to? Oh, no one. I, I was singing. Not very well, I'm afraid. Why didn't you answer when I called? I'm very sorry. I didn't hear you. You're up to something. I can feel it. I'm simply looking around. The TARDIS is so very large. What have you been doing? Have you touched anything? You look so sweet when you get angry. I'm being serious. What have you been doing? Nothing. You're being foolishly and unjustifiably suspicious. And what did you make of the scene with him and Tegan when he's giving her advice on how to behave? Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, wanker. Absolute wanker, clearly. And, <laughs> but I, I, I liked how she kept, like, she, she was quite... I guess she did slightly get won over towards the end and that was a little bit of the point. But I like that she kept just saying like what she felt. She's like, I think you're dangerous. And I just was like, yeah, good assumption. I just I like the way that you kind of put yourself across so clearly and he needed to fucking hear that. And then he's like the whole time he's just like, he's all like rolling his eyes at her and every time she does anything, it's like, well, she said something early on and it was like completely... Oh, she's yeah, she says... um. We're not your friends yet. Because they're not friends yet. She's just saying it as it is, and then he does this like rolling his eyes thing. It's like, well, <laughs> you can't just it. have that, yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting that um in this occasion, like Tegan is this is a point where it's good that she's outspoken and she doesn't trust him. Yeah. But often she runs her mouth off and she's just sort of like angry at everything all the time. Mm. But but I think on this occasion, it's justified that she doesn't trust him and that she's outspoken. Yeah. yeah. I like the fact that we saw Adric's bedroom. Yes, that was quite cute. And I really liked the fact that he was like a boy. Like they were like really made the point that he was it was like a kid's bedroom. And I kind of I hadn't thought of him in those terms for a while. Like I was annoying shit but I never really thought of him as a kid. Like, I thought of him as an adult. So the fact they really made the point that he was a boy and, like, all the things in his room were quite kiddish, I thought was quite adorable. It made me... I guess the thought of Adric is better than Adric. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I like Nissa's sexy abacus as well, I wrote down. She had an abacus which was gold and silver and stuff. Wow, that is sexy. Yes. For for sexy counting. You say she does sexy counting. She's the kind of girl who would. Yeah. yeah. And did you know did you notice the black orchid costumes at the back? On and the back of the, the thing? Yeah, and they picked up like the, well they had the um the doctor's one front and centre, wasn't it? Like the Harlequin one was quite Yeah, central. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I didn't notice the other ones though. But then mm. uh, then quite soon after you're like, Oh my god, we've we've just done Paradise Towers and we've got another fucking slow robot who just moves his fucking pincers up and down you're like are you fucking kidding me how is this another fucking thing and i was just thinking that is it every corridor is going to be filled with these fucking stupid robots i was quite relieved that that didn't become reality but what i liked about that robot is the sound effect that did it tink 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 noise <laughs> i quite like that okay. i quite like that because i felt it was quite sort of scary yeah that was Nissa calling. You heard something. Your imagination did the rest. Maybe. Let's go back. No. <sighs> Keep 
keep no, moving no. this sir. keep moving i thought that was a cool moment when she was told to keep moving into the whiteness keep moving yes, yes. although there was a disconnect between the white that was going through that door and then you were just in a regular corridor there yeah. was sort of like a, you know what i mean I do, I, I do. And the other thing I, I thought was, why would you... Because I, I like the like the plague motif, as it were. But I was just like, if you were doing like the interior design for a plague ship, I'd just make it a bit more cheerful, you know? A couple of sunrises and maybe a Mickey yeah. Mouse or something. But fucking plague or, death. Or skulls everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it was just... It was a little bit morbid. They needed something. They needed like some kind of a cruise director like on the entertainment deck making things a yeah. little bit more fun for them, poor things. Yeah. Yeah. But can you explain to me about the door with the skull icon that keeps appearing and disappearing? What did that mean? That was just saying that the connection between the two ships was a little bit tenuous. And so Turlo needed to press some buttons in order to get Good. back, which is why he kept pressing buttons that almost ended the universe. It's the kind of thing that Good. the links are always close. Door moving, not being where it should be. End of the universe. Don't press those buttons. It's you just oh, got to be careful. That's very clear. Good. Yeah, you're right. Um, Lisa Goddard could really, really act. I was really impressed with her. Well, she you is know? an actress. She's an actress. I've, I've never seen that side of her. When does she act? Tell me. Well, originally she was in The Brothers for one series, the last series of The Brothers, and she could act in that. I've not seen it, but I've, I'm told. But most importantly, Philippa Vale in Bergerac. She was the best thing in Bergerac. He tells me that you never want to set eyes on him again. That's really none of your business, is it? Well, actually, I think it is. As I made him an offer, he couldn't resist. Unfortunately, seemed only too able to resist it. But then he was still labouring under the delusion that there was an alternative. Whereas if you're serious about it being over between you... No, I didn't say... Look, I'm sure you find all this very amusing. But it's not a bloody game, you know? I mean, what are you doing? Manipulating us, people, just to prove how clever you are? Oh, no. I don't believe in manipulation. I believe in taking people for what they are, or not taking them at all. Are you? Did you just say that? She's the best thing in Bergerac. Oh God, shit! <laughs> I can't believe I said that on this podcast. You're listening to World Enough and Time, a classic Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> Second to Louise Jameson, she was the best thing in Bergerac. She just popped round the door. She heard you. <laughs> Hello, Lou. <laughs> no, she was amazing, oh, the Ice Maiden. I loved okay. it whenever she turned up. Yeah, okay, I'll give you. All right, but honestly, she was just... I, w I guess I'm just used to seeing people who are big in other shows being on Doctor Who and just being like, oh my God, you are shit. There's nothing about you that is redeemable but she was just i wanted her to be a companion she like the, the lines she had were good like she was well written for but she delivered them well she just like between her and olvia like you were like olvia you're a bit shit you you know your stuff i trust you uh, like the way she acted like when she was shooting people from different angles you were like yeah yes you're not being feeble you're not being feeble with your acting. Mm. You, oh. I, I, I struggled with the moment where he was being attacked and she did this sort of like, ah, 
don't know what to do. And and she wouldn't, because she didn't want to fire at him. But it was more dangerous to fire at the other thing that might hit him in a different angle. That was a bit weird, I thought. I think she just knew she didn't have a clear shot at all from facing him. And she knew that there was actually nothing. She, if you just hit head on, you're just going to hit the doctor. Because all she had in front of her was the doctor. I think she was perfectly sensible, for goodness sake. How <laughs> fucking dare you? <laughs> I've got a question for you. Can you find me a pry bar? <laughs> no, but I do like the idea of one, but I can find you a crowbar. But yes, no, that was quite cute. I like a pry, a pry bar. bar. Yeah, we all talk about pry bars. Engines. Please help me. Hold on, Nissa. We must find something to leave the door open. Let's get out of here. Find a pry bar. Now. Oh, I've got another moment I've missed earlier, which is um, when Nissa and the Doctor were reunited really quickly, much quickly, quicklier yes, than much I thought. Than I was well, yes, I was like, yeah, but she's going to be gone for the next three episodes. I so love bye. Nissa trying to hide. I think Nissa would be really shit at hide and seek because what she does is just sits in plain sight and covers her head like a child would do. It's like <laughs> if he can't, see, if I can't see them, they can't see me. No, exactly. It's not how it works, Nissa. But okay, the other thing that I just want to go back to on this as well is. A lot of the problem in episode one is just lack of communication. Like, I think if the Doctor and Nissa had communicated, like, just run, but just hang on for me or just stay at the first corner or something like that. And with the, when fucking Turlo and, Turlo and Tegan, you could have just said, okay, yeah, I know he said don't follow me, but no, they always do. He's just like, I'm going to go down here, all right? Like, this is what I'm about to do. Yeah. If you come get me let's meet here like it was just a lot of not communicating unnecessarily and it was just like yeah, well, I, think on. Right. I don't know we need to pick up a thing we need to follow a trail no just fucking shout you're only about 10 meters away from each other just say, i'm coming <laughs> i've just come in now i'll be there in 10 minutes just yeah need more communication yeah, yeah. i think i this was the first time really that i also properly fully and well locked in now is the fact that it's a shuttle going towards terminus Oh. And I thought they were on Terminus immediately. And then I was a bit confused by all the shuttle sequences. And I'm like, well, where are they? I don't understand. Yeah. But I feel like I've always just assumed it was all Terminus, even though it clearly isn't. They needed to give the ship a name. That's that's where we went wrong. Yes. Give the ship a name. We're fine. You're on ship Boobleflub. And we went to Terminus. If you gave it yes. that name, we'd be fine. Yeah. Now, I'm going to do um, an impression for you now. And it's going to be uncanny. Oh, yeah. Now we know, don't we? Now we know what it's all about. <laughs> this is Terminus where all the Lazars come to die. We're on a leper ship. We're all going to die. Aye, 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 aye. <laughs> Was that like a cross between Olvir and Kajagugu? <laughs> yes. I liked it. With two die. Nice. I like that. Yes, yes, good. That I think they was... modulated. He was told to do the die yai yai because it was meant to sort of like go in with the theme music, but they played it for too long and it didn't work. No, no, it did sound really silly, and it just made me not like 
all there from that point on. I just thought you're yeah. a bit of a twat. He just yeah. he didn't he didn't have me to begin with. Like I wasn't loving him, but that that line just made and the, they were just so obsessed with his boots. I felt like it was all about the boots. That line, like it was just like <laughs> you're up on you're up on your yeah. pulpit. You're showing your boots off. It just like I'm I'm not having it. So yeah, no, it just. It definitely didn't work that bit, but I mean, it was it was the exposition bit that you needed because obviously we we knew that it was a plague ship because of before, but it just yes, we needed him to say it, but just say it with a bit more proper fear and less madness. Now we know, don't we? Now we know what it's all about. This is terminus, where all the lazars come to die. Now, I always come to you to help me understand the practical um, trimmings of a story. I'm here to help. Things. Yeah. So we've already said that the, the skill designs were probably not the most cheerful for these people who are dying of a apparently terminal disease. Um, how do we feel about how the Lazars were quartered in those ships? <laughs> I, I was thinking about it for quite a while. I was like, where are they getting their food from? Where do I they know. poo? Maybe they're quite large and luxurious areas behind there, but being as they're clawing at Tegan's face to try and get out, you're thinking perhaps not. And also, how the fuck did Tegan not get fucking Lazarus disease when they're all like <laughs> in her mouth? <laughs> Nissa gets it from walking past someone and having a slight <laughs> sniff. <laughs> she gets it. She's like that in her face. They're like, no, it's fine. You'll be all right. Tegan's though. almost had intimate relations with them. Yeah, but good. yeah, so no, I I think the answer is behind closed doors, they're beautiful, beautiful sweets with um, food on tap, beautiful um, sofas, <laughs> living areas. It was all quite nice. They paid a lot of money good. for it. Yeah. Good. There you go. Because you just assume it's not the, nice I because the of detail. The I didn't like the detail, but of the Lazars, like when they were in the, in the room together with Nyssa, and then there was like yellow and red stains on the collars of the, it was like, spew and blood and it was horrible it was yes. quite awful and i just i thought it was quite awful that as soon as you became a lazy you had to get changed into one of those outfits a sack, so like, potato sack. You, you look all right but i'm sorry love can you just put the sack on you'll feel a lot better <laughs> <laughs> oh now i feel like i'm gonna be cool. yeah i'm a lazar yeah. Apparently, they did get contacted by the Leprosy Foundation. Um, as there's a letter, uh, an angry letter about how it's taken back under um, lack of understanding of leprosy. It's taken it back even further, and how annoyed they are because it's it's mildly contagious. I can understand. Leprosy. Yeah. Well, when you say mildly contagious. I think they demonstrated that with the fingers in Tegan's mouth. Yeah, that was demonstrated. They should it have come back and said, well, we showed that. <laughs> you just missed the bit where Nissa was licking someone up the legs. And at that point is when she got the lesser disease. Exactly. Balls. Yeah. But yes, I can understand. It was pretty horrific. And yeah, yeah. The, the leprosy is still a big issue in India and places, isn't it? And yeah, it, it's just something that is so... Um, talked about with such fear and yeah, yeah. I, I still wouldn't know what was an appropriate way to deal with leprosy like I, I still would I'd keep me distance like I, I like you've learned like with AIDS and all that kind of thing leprosy I've no idea the education is pretty slim I don't yeah. know what's appropriate 
Yeah. Probably not put people in a separate colony and ostracize them. Because leper and colony are words that go together, aren't they? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Yes. But then they did say at some point there's a ship that takes them out when they're... Now, this is what... I've got lots, so many questions. Because the Garm says that most of them survive. Yeah. And they say at one point, they say, oh, the Garm will know about that, about the ship, the people who survived. Yeah. And I'm like... Where are they going? What happens? We don't and know. And how They've does the no GAM have like a relationship with the company? Like, in order to have like yeah. transport links, the GAM must be having a good old conversation with these people. With mm-hmm. the... yeah, no, you're right. There should have been someone else dealing with that. And therefore, him being a slave doesn't really make sense because he's slave to the veneer. But he's got all this other shit he does. Yeah, he's in charge. That, like, he, he's that person at work who's just he knows fucking everything. Yeah. If he if he gets sacked, <laughs> exactly. you fuck. I've got one of those at work. Screwed. If Wen loses yeah. his job, that is it. The whole company goes down. Yeah, yeah. It's it's game over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I had an idea. I think it would be nice to have another story. Where they go back later to the the pickup ship, the one that takes them away, and I think they're being used by the company for another reason. <gasps> I think they're yeah, being used they're being to slave labor or something. Yes, yeah. yeah, or like they're just like joining an army or something. Bad mm-hmm. things happen. Yes. But then, of course, they all got probably got radiation sickness because the cure was so brutal, wasn't it? Yes, it was, just like... it was actually probably causing long-term damage, yeah. I, li- I liked and, all and that, go... but I think the yeah. conversation on that could have been longer. It was a little bit throwaway. Yeah. Can you understand me? Perfectly. Why are you doing this? You're torturing people. I drive the disease from them. All would die, but most survive. And the last one you treated? Nissa, did she survive? She is recovering. Where? Follow me. Like, that, when I look back at how much I've enjoyed Terminus in the past, it's all that stuff. It's that juicy stuff where you're yeah. like, this is clever. This is really good. And, and yeah. because your mind, I guess, takes you where this could have gone, that's when you get really excited by the story. But yes. it's, they don't explore things that really needed to go further. Like when the doctor's like shocked that this is gonna leave, it's like she's barely fucking. She hasn't even started synthesizing this fucking other version of Rahipnol or whatever. Hydromel. <laughs> yeah, that stuff. She, she looks at it in the tube. She looks at it and that's enough. She says, she goes, "Yeah, oh, I think I may be able, able to improve on that's it." On really? It. Just by looking at it. <laughs> and then we're going now. That's it. And they actually haven't actually started to do it. And he's angry that she might be leaving. Of course she's fucking staying. Oh, she's sorting that out in ten minutes. Yeah, no, I think that was a bit odd. Um, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. But I, I have this horrible feeling that that Nissa dies of um, radiation sickness later on Terminus. I've got like, another. I've got another ending for her. Should we come to that later? No, I tell you now. I just okay. She, she honestly, she is going to be in a place with no other women, with a load of awful middle-aged white men. She's going to get gang-raped to death. Those people will not oh actually... They have no control. Why would you stay with them? They are all slaves. They are forced to be there. They have no respect for yeah. anyone. It's a disgusting oh environment. She's not surviving that for any amount of time. Like she just hasn't. She's just so naive. She has no idea what that's is true, driving actually. other that's people horrible but that's so much truth to there's that. just there's <sighs> no other infrastructure there that is it it's just basically there's, there's what no they rules. do and there's her 
tried in a sweet little way to save everyone. Like, there's no chance in hell that they're going to divert their basic normal instincts to go, oh, no, no right. she's worth it. I'll just be really nice oh, that, to that her. That makes Terminus even darker for me now, <laughs> forever. <laughs> no, it's horrific. It's, it's yeah. Like, she she has no idea. Like, she really... And there, just... are, there are women survivors, or there will be women survivors. That but... girl with the bad hair, she might become friends with her. They might. She might sort her hair out. She might, she might, she might give her some low lights and make everything all right. She could do. You never know. And then they'll both both die together. Yeah, that'd be lovely. <laughs> but anyway, it's dark, dark. But um, anyway, there's um, I I'm back to the Tegan and Turlo shit because God, we need to give them something because they were basically shoved down a hole for two fucking episodes. But um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is what they said as well. They were annoyed. Oh yeah, I would be. But there was a one point where she, they walk there. Well, they're crawling along, and she goes, "Look, there's a ladder," and. And starts going up there. And Turlo rolls his eyes at her. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, we, anything she says, you're just like, oh, you stupid bitch. It's just like, what can she say that you don't hate about it? He's just such a wanker to it. It's nasty as. Yeah, don't like him. Don't so like you, him at all. You've already made the connection between the robots in this and Paradise Towers with the cleaners. Yeah, that I'm was my connection. connection yeah. I was going to make the connection between Pex and Olvia. Oh, <sighs> that like he gets all nervous because of the the Lazar thing, and he runs away. Well, he runs slightly down the corridor. He doesn't run away. I thought there was too much of made of him running away, and it all makes sense if his sister got Lazar's disease, and that's horrible. But later on, even when he has to fire the gun, she's like, "Oh, you'll fire the wrong one, or fire at the wrong thing." And he's like, "No, I can do it." But it's like it all he has to Prove play up to this toxic man. masculinity crap. Thing. Well, no, I don't know. That's a thing because she's clearly so much stronger and so much better. Like if if she wasn't expected to do the same and be the same, I'd agree with you. Yes. But she is expect she's like in charge, isn't she? Like she's the higher in command than him. Yeah, she is. And yeah. so I think the expectation is that she would do and be more before he would. And it's just that he is under her and he's fucked up. I think she'd be just as shitty if he was a if it was a lass. I don't feel right. like it was a, a male-female thing because she had already proved herself to not be afraid of anything. It was just, you're under me and you fucked up, regardless of gender. No? Yes. I'm going to say yes. Good. Because if it had been a man saying it, that would be different, wouldn't it? If it was a man in charge, but it's yeah. a woman in charge. So, yeah. yeah and right, she, she, and if, if, if she was expecting something of him that she wasn't willing to do as well, but, like, she was just like, nah, I'm here, I'm at it. And, like, I've got here. She would have been a fucking ace's companion. She oh, would have loved her. Would have loved her as a companion. Brilliant. So I need, you, I need to ask you, which, which is the best veneer? Which is the best one of those people? Because oh. there is a best one. <laughs> well, clearly Boar is the fucking best yes. in the land. Boar is adorable. I love Boar. He's so cute. I love Boar so much. He's going to die soon. <laughs> but I'm just going to tell you a weird story in between. Oh, I love you. We love you, Boar. I know. I love him so much. He's one of my favourite supporting characters in, in any who. Wow. Well, any who. Yes. Mm. 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 Oh. Most kind. My name is Boar. 
I... Haven't we met somewhere before? Indeed, I'm the doctor. Short-term memory's the first to go. He needs a medic. Do you know anything about engines? A little. I tried to pull down the control cables. I picked the wrong ones. Power lines. As I couldn't stop the radiation, I had to try and wall it in. Now things are even worse. In what way? A whole lot's unstable. Know what would happen if one of those exploded? It'd be more than just a loud bang. He plays... um. Tom's friend in Tenko. So when Tom dies in Tenko in the final series, off screen, um, Kate goes to the hospital to talk to, to to go and see him, and then the guy meets her there. It's Bore meets her there, and he says, "Oh, no one's told you he's died, and I'm the one telling the news, and it's terrible." He plays the scene so brilliantly. Oh. oh, he's so good, and he sits down with Kate and talks to her about how he used to go on about her in camp all the time and how he was oh. really annoying and, and but it's a lovely he's got some lovely scenes with Claire Overman and oh Peter he, he was a lovely actor like you could just tell like yeah. he brought so much more than you could imagine was written to that part he was just there was extra acting there was extra feeling that just came screaming out of him yeah. it was really good yeah and like when he was pulling the the bits along so he could cover the radiation bit and it was just like, I've got to do this now. Yeah. It's just like the insanity of that was kind of really nice. And yeah. it was a different angle that I thought was the best part of the story. But also, I, I did actually like a lot of them. Like, I like there was characters to a lot of those teams. Like, I like the dude who was, like, really looking after him. I thought he was quite good. No idea what it's called. The blonde one? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was quite Sigurd. good. Sigurd. Sigurd, he nice. was called. And obviously the other dude who's in everything, but I've no idea what he's called. That, the Valgard dude. Valgard. Andrew Burt. Yeah. I have a list for you because I thought you'd ask me. Yes. He's most famously, he is Dr. Quimper in 450 from Paddington. He's oh, the God. God, yeah, with the fishbone. Yes, so, of course. With the, with yes. the Yes. Yes. Um, he's also in Blake 7 in Harvest of Kairos. He's the one that kisses t- Servland really horribly and oh, she's like okay. can you subject me to that that disgusting display again she asks for it again Ugh. Ugh. yes nasty anyway. yes him but yeah and i just um, and the other dude the the red potato sack he was quite um I like it awful but like uh, i felt quite enjoyed the character like i felt there was quite a lot to him like he was a piece of shit yeah. that i just all of those people i think were well characterized and i did Enjoy them, and, yeah. and that's the only reason I feel like I can say that gross stuff about Nyssa because I think that they did really portray quite well how bleak and how dire their situation was, and yeah. they all had their clear yeah. personalities within that. And, and there was no, it, it was an awful situation where there was kind of no hope and no kind of morals really anymore, it was just survival. So I, I did believe it was going to go to the worst place. Because they say that it's just about survival, don't they? It's scripted, which I think is really strong. And the fact that they are... I love that it's been thought out enough that they were effectively slave labour because you couldn't pay anyone to go there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was really useful. Good stuff. 
The bit that I don't get, which I'm really hoping that you can explain, is the thing... Oh, I shall. Oh, could you? Um, the Severidol, the Rehypnol, whatever you want to call it. Please tell me what it's called. Hydromel. Hydromel. That stuff. Is that to combat radiation sickness? Or is that to combat Lazarus so, disease? I think so, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, it, I felt it was to combat radiation sickness. They may even have said that at one point. Okay. So... But they were completely hooked on it. So there was there was a sort of drug overtone thing there. It wasn't explored enough that no. she was going to have to end up, you know. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe she could say, look, if you attack me, I'm not going to make the hydromel. Yeah, that involved rational thought. There was going to be a place no, where know. rationality wasn't coming into it. But yes. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. But yeah, so I do think that I could have been a bit clearer and... They do come into a little bit too close a contact with the Lazars to not die of Lazars disease. The fact yes. that they're so not aware of that process, you'd be a little bit curious. Like, I know you'd be like, oh, it's yeah. not up to me, but I think you'd kind of want to know what the hell was going on. And yeah, the the yeah. Garm, the, they they had too much... Well, there was just one dude, the Garm, wasn't it? It wasn't like the Garm is like many people. It's just one no, Garm. Exactly. Um, yeah. So he really holds the linchpin to the whole operation <laughs> he really is just in control he's controlled by the red potato sack but like he doesn't actually like there's a huge amount that's going on it just doesn't make sense that at all yeah that slave relay thing was only really clear in the last episode yeah that that was the situation i thought the beep was very like the scarrison beep as yes. well it reminded yes, me it did me too yes I said that to Marisa and she gave me a weird look as if to say, well, how, why would I know that? And I'm like, well, you should. <laughs> if you can, you, you would. should. <laughs> I love the little scene um, where Turlo is talking about whether you can kill someone and Tegan just cuts through it all. She says, you're weird, Turlo. I know, I wrote that down <laughs> as well. She was not having any of it. Yep, you're weird, Turlo. Perfectly, perfectly reasonable response. Yeah, no, it was I good. didn't like that. She was good. If ever you had to kill someone, could you do it? Could you? No. I don't know. If it was important, save my friend, defend myself. But cold-bloodedly. You're weird, Turlo. What a subject to bring up at a time like this. Yeah, I like that. The other line that I really liked, sorry, the, I just wanted to say the bit about the... When they keep talking about the Garm for a long time without revealing him, and there's one question, it's like, what's the Garm, Nissa asks. And I really think the other person, I think it's it's a bad hair dyed person, should just say, well, it's kind of like this big giant it's dog thing. It's a cute thing. little dog, yeah. Exactly. You'll see. No, fuck off. I know, exactly. It's yeah. just like, well, it's kind of like a dog. But it's, it's got, got cute little legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to give him a hug. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. I was thinking, describe it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, I do. I do agree. Yeah. Um, at one point, I was thinking, was it Tegan who saved the universe? I feel like she might have been. Like, I don't feel, if she was the one who did it, I don't feel like we lauded it enough. Because, Tell me. Because there's this thing, there's this moment where Turlo set off some terrible chain reaction by doing bad things with the green lights. Yeah. And then Tegan goes into this room and pulls cables out and presses buttons. And then just at one point, it says, 
oh, right, countdown cancelled or something, whatever it was. And I was like, was that, was that the moment when the second Big Bang that would have, like, actually broken the universe was stopped or not? No, that was the, that was the switch that the Garm was pushing back. Okay. I think all she did was stopping the shuttle from, from leaving. The oh, shuttle was going to leave, okay. I think. Okay. All right. Don't, well, don't give her the whole universe then. She did a few things. No. And I just keep writing notes here. It's just, Garm is just like, let me hug your pain away. <laughs> he, just, he does. He wants to so, do that. So probably the most important line in the whole thing is skated over because Lisa Goddard's character just has to say so in response. And the point at the line, which is just like out of nowhere, is the doctor suddenly said, oh, um, so Terminus is capable of time travel. And Lisa Goddard says, so? It's like, no, that's really important. That's like insane. What, Terminus can time travel? Really? And that's not important? She just says, so? (laughs) No, 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 no. Back up, back up. What, Terminus can time travel? It's said so quickly. There's so much exposition in that section. Yes. And if it was dealt with more carefully and slowly, and there had been a reveal that it could time travel, that should be a massive yes, reveal. Yes, it could have been huge. But yeah, but it was... I don't know. I felt like the, that bit... I mean, that was the bit where you kind of realised that that was the reason for the Big Bang, the, the biggest bang, yeah. the biggie, yeah. biggie, big, big bang. Um. So yeah, I, like, I feel like they gave... That was the bit that made you realise what was possible. But, um, yeah, that whole... The the big exposition piece and the, the reason behind um, the whole plot could have had a whole other episode and could have really been taken to much better places. Like, they did... Yeah. That, they, they wanted to spend longer watching Tegan going up and down some grating. They weren't that interested in really making... Um, the most of the plot that was available to them, which is a yeah. shame. Do you remember Bohr saying one of the engines had exploded? Did he? He was wrong. He didn't come to that. Look at this. Terminus was once capable of time travel. So? Well, to push a ship of this size through time would require an enormous amount of energy. What are you getting at? Well, think about what we've learned. Terminus seems to be at the centre of the universe, yes? Now, imagine this ship in flight. Suddenly, the pilot finds he has an enormous amount of unstable fuel on board. What would you do? Jettison it. Perfectly normal procedure. Unfortunately, he ejects his fuel into a void. And it exploded. Starting a chain reaction. How big? Enormous. Biggest explosion of all time. Event one. Yeah. I mean, they could have. I mean, I think if you could reimagine it where there's one episode where someone goes back in time with yeah. the pilot and sees oh, it happen yeah. or something. It could have been amazing. Yeah. 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 But then I'm already at this where we, we've already talked about. It. It's like, do you reckon you can synthesize this one? Yeah. All right. We're with you. <laughs> Convinced. <laughs> we didn't trust you beforehand, but you said yeah. So all in. <laughs> the revolt. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I was a bit confused by, I know we're getting towards the end here, but, um, the whole Vanier storyline, the way that ends, is just simply that they say, we're going to have a little chat. And and then Iraq just apparently just off camera just accepts that he's not the leader anymore. Yeah. And it's just like, well, we needed a scene. Yes, they could have really, again, because obviously the Valgard dude was 
Like, I, I don't know why they were all suddenly like, yeah, we want Valgard. He was clearly the most off his head out of all of them. Like, totally. he would have just gone for a fight no matter what. Like, he is and not And I think he, probably, he was probably the most rapey as well, actually. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. That's why I'm not trusting any of them because he's in charge now. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, like, Iraq was obviously not a nice dude, but he was yeah. he was quite clinical and just being like, all right, we need to just survive. And anyone who's a waste of hydromel will kill them. Anyone who is worth saving will. Like, he was just a very clinical and economical dude. So, like, he is yeah. the kind of guy you want in charge, really. It was just without compassion, without anything. It was just sensible but yeah as soon as Valgar's in charge it's just passionate aggressive fighting um and yeah it that whole thing we needed to know we needed to have uh, an end to that era and we needed to understand why they were supporting them apart from the fact that Nissa reckoned she could make some yellow goo like they just yeah they, I would not have I, I would have been quite happy supporting Nissa but not Valgard like that that bit could have been separate yeah. you don't need him yeah yeah. I was surprised he was left in charge because he was the most unstable. Yeah, he was mental. He yeah. just punched anyone the moment he met them. Like he was like. But the, the, there was that funny bit earlier as well, though. Like when Nissa, like overpowers him with her tiny little hand at one point, and then the episode ending soon after is the Doctor being overpowered by him saying, "I'm going to kill you." Well, it's like, well, Nissa just floored you with one little tiny hand, so yeah. I think you're going to be okay, Doctor. <laughs> It was a bit. He was so inconsistent as a character. I felt yeah. all over the place. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it didn't make sense with him at all. And the fact that, like, when he had everyone, so he's like, "Yeah, I've got you." He's like, "But not until I've proved this. Not until I've punched you in the face." Kind of thing. It's like, well, no, actually, yeah. if you would do that kind of thing, only if you were actually really good at fighting, you wouldn't do that. No, exactly. If you were really shit at that, you'd be like, "Okay, I'll pretend I'm good at fighting and just say, right, yeah. come with me.'" But no, he, yeah, he was, yeah, he was shit at that and would never have survived. But I, I like the bit that reminded me of Christy. I don't know why. I must be missing him. It's odd. <laughs> Where um, Tegan and um, Nissa, like, Nissa was saying to him, Doctor, say you're pleased to see her. And I was just like, yeah, Christy, say hello to the children. Remember, you should care. <laughs> It was awful. I love that line as well. But I was surprised how blatant they were about the fact that the Doctor obviously hates Tegan. Hates her. It'll be good to see the TARDIS again. And Tegan. Yes, well, it'll be nice to know she's safe. Tegan! Doctor. What are you doing? I was trying to reach you. Tolo went back to the TARDIS on his own. I told you not to follow me. Doctor. Say you're pleased to see her. Yes, well, I'm pleased to see her, but she shouldn't have followed us. You know, and he says... That's not what I got from it. That isn't what I got from it. It was more that he... He gets stressed and worried about her. I didn't feel like it was a hatred. I felt like it was just like he doesn't know how to say the right thing. And that it was like a mum trying (sighs) to get him to say the right thing. What I got from it was he gets stressed around her. He gets manic and he doesn't know what to do. Not that he actually fully hates her. Oh, that's good. That's more detail. Yeah. Because she does say, Antigone. And he says, yes, well. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but yeah. don't you just love when Nissa was like I, I'm, I'm leaving 
I'm adamant. And you're like, oh, God, I'm no adamant. one says I'm adamant. You behave no. with some kind of adamant behaviour, but you don't say, I'm adamant. Like, it just doesn't I know, happen. it was too much, wasn't it? Yes. But but Tegan calls it, doesn't she? She's, I thought she was a bit of a party pooper, but she just, she just shouted out, she'll die here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was like, does. yeah, and I plotted out exactly how it would happen. Yeah, the sex staff, middle-aged white men were no match for her by any means. Fucking yeah, exactly. Hell. Yeah. What about the Black Guardian stuff? I mean, at the end... Oh, the yeah, we've kind of ignored all of that, haven't we? I know, it's because it's boring. It really is. Because he's such a pantomime villain. He said, oh, kill the Doctor. Oh, why? Because I'm bad and I wear black and a crow on my head and you should yeah. do things I say. And you should trust me, even though... Why would you trust me? Oh, so, sorry, yeah. Can you also tell me, because this is the bit I don't get... Why is Turlo even listening? Like, is there something he's being promised in exchange? Ooh, it's so long since I've watched Mordred and Dead that, ooh, there was some sort of contract that's originally made, but I can't remember the details. Okay. I think he promises him freedom or he promises to get him away from Earth, but then he goes with the Doctor anyway. I don't know. I can't remember. Okay. Must find out. Okay. It does not encourage me to watch Mordred and Undead, though. I have no. <laughs> no, I'm all right, thanks. I'll live not knowing. <laughs> yeah. But what I do remember about the time is season 20, for, for it is season 20, was so heralded in Doctor Who magazine, or Doctor Who Monthly, as this is going to be the best series you've ever seen. We've got all these returning monsters. It's going to be amazing. You're so exciting. And then, because of the strike, the one of the strikes, the Dalek story was lost, and that went to the next season. So there's no Dalek story. And in terms of returning monsters, you've got the Mara, which is kind of like, well, yeah. But then you've got the Black Guardian as a returning villain. Oh. But, but then you've also got... You've got Omega in Arc of Infinity, but it's more returning villains than returning monsters. And people yes. don't get excited about returning villains apart from the Master, really. No. Um... And you've got the master in the King's Demons. That's right. That's the master returning then. So it's all more of a returning villain season. It's not what we were promised. And I feel and you're like... you're still let down. You're still furious, let's be honest. And uh, to be honest, the phrase Black Guardian trilogy, I've read that so many times and I always think, oh yeah, that's the dull trilogy. And I think it's more because if you put the Black Guardian on it as the umbrella, then it's shit. Yeah. But if you think of Snake Dance, Mordred and Dead, actually it's longer. No, it's not Snake Dance. Mordred and Dead, Terminus Enlightenment. On their own, they're all quite good. Yeah. But they've not, they've got the Black Guardian element spoils all yeah, of them. Yeah, they just, they, it pulls away from the main story in a way that is not helping yeah. in any way. Like yeah. every bit where Turlo's doing his little fucking, I'm looking at my little gem thing. Like you're just like, oh, oh no. fuck off. Just hold it normally. Hold it like a normal person. You don't actually have to hold it like you're fucking Gollum in order well, to I think make he, it he work. He had to. He had to. Because the, he had to hide the wire that was going up his sleeve that lit it up. Oh. <laughs> That's why. Oh, golly. Yes. Yeah. No, it was, yeah, so very frustrating. I'm gonna, I'm going to trouble you now for TARDIS's out of 10. <gasps> okay. Okay. For Terminus. Uh, can you tell me what I said recently? Oh, fuck. You gave a 10 for Pyramids of Mars. For Tomb of the Cybermen, you gave a... Seven. Seven? Yeah. For Paradise Towers, you gave a six, I think. Was it? Was it Sounds five? Fair. No, I wouldn't have gone five. I... It deserves a six. Okay. 
So, on that basis, where do you put Terminus? I think I'm going to happily give it a seven. I'm not uncomfortable with this. I think it did well. I'm not. I'm not against okay. it. I think there's a lot good going on, but it's not. And what do you the think? Best. What do you think I'm going to give it? I think. I think your head is absolutely fucked. <laughs> I, think <you're> gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I think you might give it a seven. Just because you're mental. Like, you just like... Oh, so if you give it a seven, you're saying, if I give it a seven, I'm mental. How yeah. does that work? Because you don't even like it. Like, you didn't even enjoy I, I it. I do like parts of it. I do like parts anyway, of it. Anyway, I give it I give it a seven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you like other ones so much more. Like, I, I know, like... That the stuff that I like is a little bit different to you, but yeah, you just everything scores highly with you. Like I just I want to know what scores are two. Like I desperately want to know what scores are two. Mind with warp. You. Mind warp. Okay. Okay. It might even be a one. Wow. You see the way I, I play the way I play it with out of ten things is usually I it's cause I get completely like taken over by this thing. Well I love Doctor Who. So basically most stories I'll score from six to ten. Because <laughs> I'm watching it and you've made me happy yeah, with Doctor Who. <laughs> exactly, because I've loved Doctor Who and I'm a fan. But so for it to go less than a five, it has to be something I really hate. And there's probably only about 10 stories. Wow. Okay. So we're not going to get many of them. That's how. That's how it works in my head. Right. And I, I'm using, I've got the full spectrum. I feel like we should have done a wider. A wider yeah. scoring system. Because for me, I'm using <laughs> zero to ten quite happily like a normal human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there you've hit the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yes. No, I enjoyed that. I feel that we, did, we should have talked about the fact that it was a female director and I didn't mention well, that. Well, you didn't fucking tell me. No. Was it a female Mary director? Mary Ridge. Okay. Yeah. Who also directed the last episode of Blake Seven and a few other Blake Sevens and stuff. Yes, Mary Ridge. I wouldn't say that I was against the direction. Like, I feel like it hung together quite well. Like, I don't feel like it was badly done. Like, I'm not saying it was blew my mind, but it was, um, yeah. yeah, I'd say it was pretty competent. I wasn't, um, I didn't feel like that the actors were allowed to go in mental directions, which they sometimes do. They I think they were kept in apart, check. Apart from Olivia at the end of yes. episode one. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if he'd just done, like, you know, this is a leper ship. You know, if he'd actually just, like, said it to himself or was starting to break down, it was yeah. been much more... It's just, don't shout all your dialogue. Yeah, it was really pulpity and odd. It was very strange. Yeah. Gosh. So, that is Terminus. Well done, us. Yeah, I know. Oh, and I hadn't really thought about it, why it's called Terminus. And I spent some time thinking about why it was called Terminus. So, obviously, it's Terminus because it's the end of the line for the Lazars. Mm. Like, that's where they're heading. It's the end it, of it the universe terminus. for all of us, perhaps. The end of the world. End of the world. Yeah, the end of the universe. Exactly. And, of course, end of Nissa's time in the TARDIS. So there's lots of reasons why there it's is. called Terminus. And I quite and I like think that the more I thought the, about it. The word Terminus is possibly one of the reasons that I'm always filled with foreboding when I'm about to watch it because I find it really depressing. It's like calling calling something, yeah. I'm catching a bus. Like, it just sounds really depressing. Bus Terminus, um, yes. exactly. And so no, I, I it's why I've really kind of 
have often, I think, probably had those huge reactions of either, oh, it's really good or it's really bad because I'm already filled with an expectation with that name because it's quite it's also, odd. It's also a one you can't watch if you're off school and you're ill. No, because, never. Because you'd be feeling worse. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I think, what you were saying about um, Clayton Hickman's cover thing. Like, it actually does encapsulate how you feel. But that's not what yeah. you need. <laughs> you don't need that. You need something to draw you in. You're not allowed yeah. to just feel as this story makes you feel. Because it does make you feel a bit icky. It's a bit sick. It's a bit... Ugh. Yeah. But actually, yeah. we need to be enticed in. Because the story itself does have its merit. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of skill behind the idea. Um, but we just need to... To not think about the plaguey grossness. We've managed <laughs> to talk about the whole thing without talking about COVID. I'm quite impressed. That is amazing. Yeah, I know. The parallels were obvious, but I think we're all bored of it. Yeah. What <laughs> now? Yes. So, good. We've done another Davison, unlikely. And why do we get points for that? Well, I think it just means we we bump him up a bit, so it's a bit less of a like. Where are we on the? Where are, are we on the stakes of things that we have to? Don't don't tell me it's something scary. Who who? Oh no, it's Colin Baker always. No, it's not. No, tell it's me. not Colin Baker. We've we've done lots of. Oh, it's Sylvester McCoy. Yeah, still we need to do some more McCoys. But even if you do just one of him, that bumps up the average because he's only got. 12 stories or something hasn't he yeah it's not that many so so actually it's okay we're probably okay we we haven't done enough hartnells okay i'm happy with a hartnell we're we're over we've over troutened we've over troutened like you've had a big meal i'm stuffed i'm a little troutened again belly full so I think we may be heartening slightly. Okay, next no, time. I'm, I'm happy. I'll go there. We're not edge of destructioning, so I'm all right. <laughs> Aren't we? No, we're fucking not. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> okay, until next time, I have been Andy. Always, Alex. And goodbye. And goodbye. enjoyed every moment of my time on the TARDIS and I'll miss you both. But here I have a chance to put into practice the skills I learnt on Traken. Please, Nissa. I'm adamant. Please, let us part in good faith. We do fully understand the commitment you'll be undertaking. Yes. And that life here will be very hard. I'm fully aware of that, but I want to stay. And you're a very brave person. I wish you every luck. She'll die here. Not easily, Tegan. Like you, I'm indestructible.
subscriber.